welcome to another episode of Flapping and Bonnaving. Ingredients include corn, vegetable oil, salt, maltodextrin, spices, sugar, dextrose, onion powder, tomato powder, monosodium glutamate, potassium salt, hydrolyzed corn protein, paprika, modified cornstarch, and natural and artificial flavors. Flapjack. Does a deer shit in the woods? Fawn. And she's mostly human, but completely lost. Lily St. Queer. Yay! Hey. Welcome back to the pod, Lily. Yes. Thanks for having As me. As a reminder, what are your pronouns? Uh, I use all of the pronouns. He, she, they, all are welcome. Work. Well, so this is one of our regular episodes. So we just like to kind of chit-chat and talk about how our life is at the beginning of things. So how are things going for y'all right now? Oh, life is uh, life is chaos, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. Oh, I mean, life is chaos. What is there anything more that needs to be said? Life's chaos. Um, no, I, that sums it up perfectly. Just a constant whirl, <laughs> just a constant whirlwind. You know. Yeah, I, I like understand. fully understand that. I'm currently have two looks that I am working on that need to be ready by not this weekend, but next weekend. Um, My partner is helping me fully pinstripe rhinestone an entire suit, as well as I'm trying to put together um, a leather face look. What? So, yeah. Wow. And I'm going to Atlanta this weekend to see Demi Lovato. (gasps) So... Fun story. See, yeah, I was like, <laughs> take it away, Lily. Um, Demi Lovato saw me. So uh, I had a gig at Eastern State Penitentiary, which is uh, a big historic prison in the middle of Philadelphia. And they do a, a big, giant, um, like haunted house tour each Halloween. And Demi was in town for uh, a concert that week. And apparently she's been through the tour before. She loves it. It was their pride night. So uh, my one cabaret show, Glitter and Garbage, did a whole set in in the prison. There's like a a speakeasy cabaret area. And uh, we found out that day that she like might be coming through to do the tour. And if she does, she might be coming through the speakeasy and but like to keep the hush hush. And I was like, okay, yeah, she might. She might come. And yeah, she might like I was fully like, okay, that's a lot of mites. Like, we'll see what we see. Um, and then we're getting ready just uh, backstage and they're like, okay, she just finished this area. Like she's in the speakeasy right now. Like it's 10 minutes early, but she's probably not going to stay. Do you want to guys, do you guys want to go early? And we were like, fuck yes. Like put us on stage right now. Um, so we were playing, I'm like freaking out inside, like <laughs> freaking out, uh, trying to get a scan of the room. There's only like 10 people in the room at that, at that point. Cause we started early. Um, but it was like one of these 10 people is Demi Lovato. Right. Um, but I also have to like play piano. Um, so like, I really couldn't, <laughs> I could not observe that much. Um, but then as we go to start the second song, um, she fully like stepped forward was like less than 10 feet in front of me. Um, like stepped out of the shadows, wow. just stepped and like stared me like right in the face and smiled. Like it was very clearly like without saying any words it was just like, I am Demi Lovato and I'm here and I'm having a good time and I'm like watching you perform and it's cool. Um, like she could have just like stayed in the, in the background. She could have like said nothing. She could have just been like, fuck this and fuck off. 
Um, <laughs> he like stepped to the center of the room, looked at me in the face and smiled. And then like after the second song or so, you know, they went on their way, continued the tour and everything. But yeah, it was wild. It was, it was, I was like, I, I don't get nervous a lot. And like that, that had me shook. I was so nervous. Yeah. yeah. I would die. Oh, yeah. I would die. Yeah. It was amazing. Do you feel like you performed as well as you normally do? Um, I was like, I was like nervous. Like my like hands were shaking a little bit. Like I yeah. had to like kind of like reel it in, you know. Um, I think it sounded fine, but I was definitely like I had to focus. I like yeah, you know, I had that moment of eye contact, but then it was fully like okay, I'm like freaking out. I need to like do what I'm doing. I need to keep playing the piano. I can't like <laughs> I can't like fall apart in front of Demi Lovato. <laughs> yeah, I get nervous all the time. I mean, you know, and, um, but like, Oh my God, I can't imagine someone who I adore so much. I mean, and I, like I say, I adore this person. Honestly, Fawn is like the huge Demi Stan in this house. Um, I've been like blasting. Holy fuck. That entire album. Like mm. on repeat. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> um, and she well, loves me. <laughs> yeah. I know she should leave you a five star review or something. Um, she did allegedly have kind kind words on the way out. Um, she was talking to some of the staff and said that she loved the tour and she loved the show. Um, so Demi Lovato's that Demi Lovato's so favorite cabaret act. Cool, Lily. <laughs> yeah, I can see the the headlines now. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I've been prepping for the Rocky Horror Masquerade Ball. Um, which is happening. It's a really big event here in Birmingham and it is uh, this Saturday. You know, y'all saw me. The reason I was a little late getting to record this podcast was because I was still had that full face of makeup on. Like, and I was like, y'all, I really, I have to leave from this dress rehearsal right now. Like I've got to go. Um, So thank you for your patience with me on that, but it's going to be a really amazing show. I, Yesterday, I spent the whole day just behind my sewing machine working on the cape for it. I've done everything I can to make it like, identical to the movie and i'm just so excited for it um it listeners if y'all have never been it's going to be at the batwell auditorium this year um and on saturday october 22nd it's going to have the movie showing with the shadow cast there's also a costume contest where you can win cash prizes so whether that's just a general costume that you have for halloween or a rocky horror lookalike you can win some cash prizes and you can get your tickets now at eventbrite so go get those before they sell out um yeah, that's honestly the biggest thing that's been going on for me. I have just been like doing work, Rocky Horror podcast, improv class, Rocky Horror, um, Plus over and over. Camp over. viewing parties in there with that. Oh yeah, that yes. too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's just so nonstop. Um, but enough <laughs> about me. Oh well, actually, a little bit more about me. <laughs> I, you know, we didn't have a new five star review. This week, <laughs> a new five-star review at the top of each of our regular episodes. Um, So please, everyone, go give us a five-star review so that you can read it, uh, so that you can hear your words in our next episode. But in our mouth holes to your ear holes. Precisely. Mm. But this this week, we had some some not-so-happy reviews for the podcast. Uh, So, Fawn, what... what, I I don't know. I kind of don't know entirely what to say. Um, but I do feel like we need to address like that Facebook post that I'm sure many of our listeners saw that was getting so much hate. So like what, yes. how are you feeling? So 
For those that are not in the know, we had Twat Weiland on last week. If you're one of our regular listeners, one of the local kings in town, I had promoted one of our Facebook posts about his interview episode, um, which also his interview, his episodes have been like, they're so good. Um, But I boosted that post and I like didn't let Facebook do the automatic algorithm because it always pops up in the bigots. Mm -hmm. So I like specifically (laughs) targeted it to queer algorithm this time. And apparently that made it worse. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I kept getting tagged in things and I, you know, I I appreciate everyone who has gone and kind of like stuck up for us. You know, I, I I do appreciate that, but I also just want to encourage y'all if, if you are still in the midst of one of those, facebook comment section fights i want to encourage you to just maybe take that energy and spread it in a positive way to an entertainer you love instead um i you know i i i I will say you know we didn't we didn't get a new five-star review this week but there were lots of people who were coming to our defense and um you know maybe maybe go write a five-star review for another drag podcast you love maybe go share a post from someone else um i just don't think it's worth it to fight with people whose minds aren't going to be changed. Um, so just protect your own mental health and mental energy. Cause I just had to mute that, um, that post so that I could focus on other things that were going on. Cause there are so many amazing other things that are happening right now. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I have to say about it. I mean, I will say the biggest commenting on it just gets it more traction. So I mean, true, more people see it, more interaction. So but yeah, it's definitely not worth the energy to go in there and fight. But we do appreciate everybody that did. Yeah, thanks, y'all. <laughs> okay, well, Lily, we are so excited to get to interview this week and talk with you about your drag, how you got your start, Camp Wanakiki, and much, much, much more. So um, I, let's see. I think I just want to start with asking, how did you get your drag name? Uh, so my drag name, uh, was inspired by, uh, Lily St. Cyr was a burlesker in the fifties. Um, and I know the reference through nice connection here at Rocky Horror, um, during the floor show, uh, Janet Mm -hmm. sings the line, God bless Lily St. Cyr. Um, so yeah, I just flipped that into Lily St. Queer. Such an, such a clever little pun. (laughs) I love that. And um, in fact, like every, that's the line that's my cue to go out for the floor show right before. And so I'm always like, ah, Lily. And I think of you and your little orange wig and the noodle hair. Uh And I go out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that just puts you in the exact right spirit to go kill it. It does. It does. 100%. For the orgy scene, 100%. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes, please. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Now, when did you start drag? And also, have you always had the mustache in drag? Ah, I have not always had the mustache. That was a recent addition, uh, just the past two years. Uh, And I have been doing drag for about eight years. I keep the math a little fuzzy because I don't like to think about how long it's been. Uh, But about (laughs) about eight years, I want to say. It's been a journey. And... uh, It's like Lily's gone through a lot of phases and I've also seen like the world of drag change a lot. So it is, it, um, you know, Lily eight years ago is very, very different, much rougher around the edges. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that because like 
I have been doing drag around like six, seven years myself. And my stash started like end of 19, beginning of 20. So oh. like around the same time. So wild. Wow. <laughs> stash siblings. Oh, that's like it. it yeah, that felt like it was something cosmic, you know. Uh, I was like new start in life lots of change and i wanted like new energy in my drag um and the mustache is one of those things yeah yeah i love that we're seeing so much more facial hair drag celebrated now um and you know y'all are just two fabulous mustached queens or entertainers who i just really love so much and y'all are really killing the game um well one thing lily i was kind of wondering about i know you mentioned like the the number is a little fuzzy um and so i was curious about how you know, I know that you combine music and like your your performance of music and drag a lot together. So, how what, have you always merged those worlds? Is that is that something that's new as well? Um, um I didn't. Well, uh, no, it's always been kind of there. I didn't realize like in the beginning how just how much I could utilize it. Um, but it, it was always something I did want to come back to. Like I wanted to learn how to lip sync. I wanted to do fun mixes, um, uh, but I also like wanted to find a way for Lily to be very musical. Um, there was definitely a turning point for me when I like first went to Provincetown and I saw um, the cabaret shows there, the one woman shows um, that that happened up there, and I was it it just like instantly clicked for me that like oh I can do this, like I get this, I see I see how this works, and like that style of cabaret that's just, um, you know, that's very strong character taking you on a little musical journey. Um, uh, and that was when I started doing my one woman show Cabaret Sauvignon, which I play piano mm. and I sing. And um, the show is always different and I explore a lot of different things, but it's, you know, it's just centered around um, some, some, some tunes, some music. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, well, how would you describe your drag to someone who has never seen a Lily St. Clair show? Hmm. Um, I would say that I am a very genderful cabaret character. Um, I think, hmm. I feel like Lily, you just have to experience her. And it really is like, um, I do feel like my cabaret show is like Lily in her purest form. Uh, I wish that that was something that I could have like really brought into Camp One and Kiki. Like the puppet show was almost that. It was like yeah. you, you caught like a little a little whiff of it with that puppet show. Um, but a live musical cabaret experience. I love it. And yeah, I was glad we got to, see, to get a little bit of a taste of that of Lily, but I, I wish we got to see more because at the preview party, I have not stopped thinking about your number. <laughs> the one where, where you sang, I don't even know the names of the songs. Like they're very popular songs. What, what, how, what is it? What's it called? <laughs> I was singing. Um, the instrumental was uh, a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. Yes. Uh, the, oh. the iconic white girl piano pop ballad. Um, but the lyrics I was singing were the lyrics from Lil John's Get Low, uh, from the window <laughs> to the wall, to the sweat so drops down, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That is a very yeah. Lily, very Lily experience right there. <laughs> I mean, 
Speaking of sweat dripping down balls, I feel like that might be a good time to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> And we are back with Lily from Philly. And speaking of Lily from Philly, I hear that you smell like Philadelphia. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what the drag scene is like and maybe how it smells? Oh, um, the smells are very flavorful. They're very varied. They're very diverse. None of them are pleasant, though. Uh, much like the drag <laughs> scene in Philadelphia, it is very diverse um, and Philadelphia really appreciates a weirdo, a unique view. Um, the scene here, we really have a lot of different things going on. It's always kind of bubbling, and it really had like a whole, like rebubbling, a whole rebirth um, after after lockdown and everything. The newer queens that have jumped yeah. in are really jumping in with like strong perspectives. There's a lot of local designers mm. making really cool looks. Um, it's very genderful. Um, you know, I'm not the only mustache queen, not the only bearded queen here. We've got a handful. Uh, we definitely appreciate like, it's more important to come in with a unique perspective than that that be totally polished, clean, sparkly. Um, but we also have our high drag. Uh, we have some pageant drag. We have our dancers, our twirlers. We've got a lot going on. It's a cool scene. That's so interesting because I mean, I feel like we're yeah. experiencing something similar as well. Something about lockdown, like, created this big drag baby boom of everybody that's coming out. is like all of a sudden stuff that I haven't seen or stuff that I hadn't thought of. Yeah. And it's just been like one of those crazy things. Because we, there's a show that we, that's down here that our guest last week, Twat Wyland, hosts. That's DIY Drag, which I'll be co-hosting at the beginning of November. And it highlights newer entertainers and people that don't always get the spotlight. And it's one of those shows, Flap and I attended one, and the crowd is so electric. Like, you can't go and not have an amazing time. Mm. And the performers are having an amazing time. And, like, I'm really looking forward to this one in November because my partner is debuting. So Mine, too. (laughs) Oh, wow. I know it is such a drag baby boom. We um, reproduced by osmosis. <laughs> yes, um, it's been very inspiring though. Uh, like I- I've been very inspired by a lot of these new entertainers, and so I'm curious for you, Lily. What are some of your biggest drag inspirations? Ooh, um, this is maybe a little conceited, but I feel like often my drag is inspired just by myself, my life, um, and yeah. the like energy that's coming in and out um but i do also i do find a lot of inspiration in the younger queens and the way that the scene has changed recently i was i was Mm -hmm. getting a little for myself i was getting a little bit bored of of a very like just femme drag i kind of wanted to shake that up and that energy came at the same time that the scene was starting to kind of feel like that too and so it's been cool to have both like peers and new queens jumping in the scene that that want to do that same kind of play that can inspire me. And like I said, like there's there's some really cool designers and artists that some of which are also performers, some of which that are like just want to make cool looks for people or cool props and stuff. So um, the scene is also very inspirational. But yeah, with my cabaret shows, like a lot of it is just kind of what's 
bouncing off of like what's happening in my life, what new pockets of the gay world I'm discovering. That kind of inspires it a lot too. Um, all those things. Oh, I love it so much. In the wise words of Leslie Nope, I am a big enough person to admit that I am sometimes inspired by myself. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, so tell us, do you do drag full time? Is that something, or do you have a side gig outside of drag that helps pay the bills, or is drag like your main commitment? Uh, I have like a whole mishmash of incomes. Uh, I teach piano. I freelance, so I'm like fully freelance. I consider myself a freelance, self-employed artist. That includes uh, teaching piano, includes doing sound for shows, DJing parties, includes some cabaret acts, doing drag, some theater work. I have a small like theater company. Um, I pick up like all different kinds of music projects. I just um, signed on to score a a little movie. That'll be fun. (gasps) What? It's it's not, it's not like a, a, um, there's no like, um, uh, production You're company scoring a Marvel movie? <laughs> a Marvel movie? No. Wait, what? Oh I just god. said a, I just said a movie. Did you say a Marvel movie? Oh, oh my god. It's a crossover between Marvel and DC. That's Stop. amazing. <laughs> to hear. Oh, that is don't sell yourself short. Okay, 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 okay. I see what we're doing here. I see what we're doing. Yes, it's the next episode of Star Wars. I don't know if you're familiar yes. with the franchise. Mm-hmm. I'm oh. just like adding like a little a couple tunes to it, you know. Little boop boop pop. <laughs> Actually, I'd live if you scored Camp on a Kiki season five. Um, oh, totally. I would totally do that. <laughs> Sugar Bakers, you know who to call. Um, okay, so you you have wow, you really do have a plethora of different areas that you are dipping your toes in, that you have your fingers in. Um, where did that start for you in music? Uh, so I, I went to school for music. I went to school in Philly at a temple. So I got an education in classical piano. Um, and I knew that I didn't want to exist in the classical world. That was more just kind of a means to an end. Like I knew, I just wanted to be a better musician. I didn't necessarily plan on ever being a professional classical pianist because that's just a lot. Um, so kind of after college, just like bouncing around, thinking about like moving, trying to like figure out this music industry. Um, I ended up kind of stuck in Philly for a while. I I couldn't quite manage moving out at the time. And I was like playing in bands. I was just really trying to make it just as a musician, like teaching piano and playing in bands. And I was really struggling with it. The, the venues, the performing scene for bands, just like, it just wasn't very supportive, the shows never mm. felt good and my bands just like never like seemed to kind of click. And when I discovered the drag scene, like I just was going to shows, but I still found it very inspirational. Like I was kind of, after going to like a few drag shows, um, first I just felt like this like appreciation for drag and how cool it is. But then I was like looking around the room and I was noticing like, this is the kind of audience that that I've been wanting that I haven't been able to find as just a musician, the, the, the spaces were the spaces that people were just coming out to because they want to be there. And then, oh, there's a show, cool. Or there's also this contingent of the crowd that is like really excited. They know all the drag queens. They know all these performers. They are like keeping tabs with it. And then seeing the performers too, it was like, oh, this is like a community. These are peers. They share notes. They like challenge each other and, and learn from each other. And, and 
as a musician, that just wasn't happening for me. So at some point I was like, fuck it, let's try this. It seems really scary, but let's try it. And that just like immediately um, just felt like, you know, a roller coaster. There's immediately a lot more momentum behind it. It was a lot more inspiring, a lot more challenging. And then eventually it all like came back around and I kind of recentered music in that and started to kind of mix in these, these other gigs that I'm trying to pursue as well. I love it. And now you're playing for celebrities. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Demi Lovato's favorite keyboard player. Yes. <laughs> the next drag, John Williams. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, <you know>. okay. <laughs> Scoring all the major films. We're going to do a, there's going to be another Titanic movie. We're going to sink the Titanic again and you can score it. It's just me floating yes. down the river. There we go. <laughs> just the saddest of scores. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of our signature questions that we like to ask is what is the secret ingredient to your drag character mm, psychosis <laughs> <laughs> um, let me google that <laughs> no, I, um, a, the signature ingredient to lily um, Lily. No, I, I think I stand by psychosis. <laughs> I think yeah. like Lily has such a um, Lily for me is about leaning into. Um, I've never I've like always struggled to feel normal, um, mm. and and it, it, it as a kid I found it very hard to like socialize and connect with people in a lot of contexts. And even in college, like being in school, I don't know. Um, but Lily is about leaning into those like idiosyncrasies and to the, like that, that, that tunnel of thought that I know that like, I'm the only person going down this tunnel of thought, but I'm going to insist <laughs> that you are thinking exactly what I'm thinking. This weird perverted thought that I'm having, like you're totally <laughs> thinking this too, aren't you? So um, yeah. Psychosis. <laughs> I love it. Oh, um, that's my cat. You know, I don't quite know how to respond to that. Oh, wait, cat? Yeah. Wait, do you, do you think you can, before we go on break, do you think the cat named Cat can meow for us? Cat, say hello. Meow. He's very obstinate. He does not. He's a little no. jerk. He's like, I do not meow on command. <laughs> well, cat, beautiful. Is <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break on that one. Okay. And we're back with me, Lily St. Queer. Wow, such a golden voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Lily, you and I have something in common, and that is a extraordinarily small TV show that we were on together. Um, or I thought you were going to say that you were both sluts. Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to get into... Um, I, I don't think Lily would want to compete with me to see whose hole is bigger. I'll tell you that much. Um, well, now... I don't think a slut should necessarily be judged by the size of her hole, but um, what she does with it, you know? Yes. Amen. It's like mama said, size doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) It's not the size of the whale. It's the motion of the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, you and I do have something in common beyond our holes. And that is Camp Wanakiki. Um, 
So uh, let's talk a little bit about that and dive into why Camp Wanakiki? What made you want to come on uh, that show to begin with? Oh, it was totally on a whim. It was, I auditioned during lockdown. Uh, my friend Eric Jeffy reached out and was like, hey, they're having auditions. They're like due today, but it's just, a, <laughs> it's literally just make a video saying why you should be on it. Like you're stuck in your apartment. What else are you going to do? Uh, yeah. And so it was, it was purely that. It was like, I wasn't even really thinking through like, oh, do I want to be on this show? Like, what are the odds of me getting on? How? What's the best way? It was fully just like, all right, let's get in drag and shoot this thing today. And the <laughs> like, you know, we were stuck inside. So I just had a whole day to shoot this five minute video. I like just kind of the script jumped right out of my head. Um, and it was really fun to shoot. I had a lot of fun with it. I, like I still really enjoy it. It's really funny. Um, yeah. And like that was all I thought about was just like let me fake, make this funny video, and it felt great to just kind of know how to how to sell Lily without like, you know, it, it it the the drag race auditions are so specific and so hard to like yeah, really. It, it's hard to fit yeah. yourself in there with all the things you have to do, and this was just like make a video. So I made a video and I had fun doing it mm -hmm. and. That was for season three, um, and ended up not being able to to film for it. So they were like, "We'll give you a slot on season four. And I was like, "Yeah, right, sure you will." But then, like, the next year rolled around. They're like, "Hey, you still around?" I was like, "All right, I can do this." Wow. So if you don't mind us, mind us asking, and genuinely, I can cut this out if you don't want to talk about it. But what kept you from doing season three? Like. Um, so many things kept me from season three. Uh, that would have been September of 2020, uh, which Ooh. was when my ex-husband and I separated and mm. we were figuring out if we wanted to get divorced or not. Um, so we decided to separate for three months and make a decision by the end of those three months. So September, um, I moved out and moved in with my parents. And even leading up to that, like during August, I still was kind of trying to trying to make it work. But it, it was so much more difficult to shoot that season because they wanted people to drive out. They didn't want them flying because of the exposure. Right. And they wanted people to quarantine in a in a hotel for for two weeks before shooting. Uh, and that was on your own dime. So it, it was like way too chaotic of a time for me to just like be putting together this crazy package of drag, especially during lockdown. Like I, I didn't have all my resources. And, uh, and then on top of that, it was like, Hey, I kind of need to decide if I'm getting divorced or not. Um, and I kind of need to move in with my parents for a minute. So yeah. that's a pretty full plate right there. <laughs> Let's not try to put together, you know, I, I, I would have been such, such a wreck. It would have been like, just, it would have been bad. So right. I'm glad that they, they held a little slot for me because it was not the moment. Yeah, Me too. I'm so glad that you got to be on our season. And I know that that's something that you talked about on the show. Um, First of all, before we move on, are you are you comfortable? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I know that was something that that played a big role for you. What was it like watching that experience back um, after filming, or a year after filming? Yeah, it was definitely definitely interesting. I 
I was nervous about those moments that I had shared. I was like, did I overshare? There were some, there were definitely a few moments where I got kind of emotional. Some of them made it on camera. Some of them didn't. Um, and I, I was, I was nervous to see that level of vulnerability, we'll say, but what ended up like really standing out to me was just how much changed in a year. There was a lot that yeah. I like talked about that was, was very true and sincere, but doesn't feel, it doesn't ring so true for me anymore. It, it, all of these things have so much more distance and just so much has happened. And I've had like a lot more time to really fully kind of like heal and fully bounce back. And I, I feel so much mm-hmm. more like myself after this past year like when we went to film, it was still kind of like getting back into performing. I had really only had like a couple drag shows that I had done uh, when we went to film. And then having a year of like really being back in the swing of my work and my art and everything um, just really helped me kind of keep moving forward. And it's like cool having this little window, this little like, you know, time stamped vision of like where, what that moment was. Um, but it feels very different now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us here. And I think that was something that was really impactful for a lot of people who watched the show. So thanks for being so vulnerable. Yes. Um, but you mentioned that like you've changed a lot since then. So in that same kind of mindset, is there anything that you would change about your camp experience? Mm, is there anything I would change about my camp experience? <laughs> First instinct is no. I like... I was really happy with my package, with how everything came together, with how everything looked on camera, with everything I said on camera. I was really, really happy with it. Um, and seeing um, both like the drag that everyone else brought and coming to like really understand the judge's perspective and everything. Um, I don't know that it really would have like changed too much. I, I really came to like sell Lily to the audience and I did that and I you know if there was anything I would have changed it really wouldn't have changed that that I that I like did what I came to do yeah I love it no well, regrets no you were selling lovely and I'm definitely buying so <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of changing if you could change drag closets with any one of your camp siblings who would it be and why no worries about fit or anything like that but just who would you change your wardrobe with Ooh, that's a good question i really did like everyone's drag but it was also so everyone's was so personal and like it every time we like got in that that backstage room it it really highlighted how different everyone's brain was because we all like approach the challenge differently um, I, uh, oh, I kind of want to say coleslaw. Like there, mm. there is something like, I, I just really love about how punky and wild and yeah. just like, in your face, their style is, <laughs> you know, I like to, I like to play with some punky stuff sometimes, uh, but it'd be fun to like have coleslaws just like. Yeah, just like wild approach to it. Yeah, Tulsa's brain just works in such a... I can't even fathom, but I am obsessed with it. Yeah. Like, I can't even... I can't wrap my mind around, like, the thought processes, but I love it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes, I agree. 
I really love their style as well, especially when we got to see them at the preview party and see them so much in their own natural element. It was like, oh, oh my God, everything clicks for me right now and who Coleslaw is and why. They, well, maybe not everything, but um, I understand a little bit more for why they are. The way for they sure, are. yeah. You know, Lily's the second camper that's been asked that question, but you've avoided that question. Ooh. Me? Um, I would probably change my, well, I, I really like coleslaws. When you said that, I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I should rethink. But um, my initial thought is Pola. I really like mm-hmm. Pola's dragon. I love her wigs uh, or all the foam wigs. But I, there's something about like a really, so, something that I would consider an older school campy queen that I just really love. I just think it's very classic. It's what people expect when they go to a drag show. Um, I think everything she wears has a high impact. Um, and I just think it's really silly and fun. <laughs> and yeah. I, and I, yeah. I don't want to embrace Polo's drag. I really so. appreciate, yeah. yeah, their ability to like bounce between that like very classic old school camp. Um, yeah, just like very like, just like what you think of when you think of a drag queen, like... Uh, but then also do stuff that's like very fresh and cool, like their their anxiety monster look, like felt really mm-hmm, fresh yeah. and fun. Their under the sea look was like they just like they play with yeah. fun colors and stuff. I I appreciate their range. Yeah, I, I named my giant titties after her. Actually, Aww. the left one is Poe, and the light the right one is La. Oh, <laughs> Poe La. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so we're we're kind of getting close to the end, but I did want to dig a little bit deeper before we did into what makes Lily tick. So for you, what's like your bigger mission in drag? Um, mm. What's important to you? Mm. What's my bigger mission in drag and what is important to me? I think um, that's, these are like uh, questions that I'm like really currently asking myself. Honestly, there's a lot that I'm trying to like take in having done yeah. Camp Wanakiki and like think about where I want to send my intention um, cause I do feel like I have like these, like this whole like pool of skills. And I really, one of the things I like about Lily is like making sure that I'm pulling from a whole different like set of, of skills that I have to make one really cool thing that, um, is like very much coming from my perspective. So I, I want to keep doing that. I want to keep, um, pulling as many different skills and art forms as I can. Yeah. I think like cabaret is a really great vehicle for that. And theater is a really great vehicle for that. Um, so I want to, um, I want to keep pushing that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's like a snowball effect. You know, you just, you have that one experience and then you, you take it with you and you become a bigger and better drag queen mm-hmm. or dragon. From that, and you just, roll a little bit further you do a, sh- a theater show and you, you are able to pull a little piece of that so you're just constantly evolving and i really love that yeah um one question that i have been like dying to know because from mustache to mustache what has your experience <laughs> been as a mustached entertainer <laughs> from mustache to mustache mustache um <laughs> ask you a question uh what do you mean like like how (laughs) how has audience responded to it how have other performers responded to it a little bit of both a little bit of both also like i think probably show directors and like bookings things like that Mm. i 
have not noticed like a huge a huge change for me. A lot of my work is self produced, um, so I <laughs> it has not changed my bias towards myself in booking myself for my shows. Um, that has been quite consistent. Thank me. <laughs> um, and as I said before, in Philly, like Philly is, it's a very genderful scene. Um, there, at one point in time, maybe in some corners of it, there was kind of a bias against it, but that has certainly like pretty fully shifted. Um, and I think if, if I could speak honestly, about my drag in an unbiased, unfiltered way. Um, I'm quite beautiful and stunning. And that's really what people <laughs> seem to focus on. I think that because of that, the mustache is kind of, you know, it all just works. <laughs> that's definitely one of the things like I noticed, there were so many people when I started the mustache, they were like, you've got the look down and you, we already love you. So like, of course it just makes it took a little get used to getting used to, but everybody was just like, you know, it kind of makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also think that, I don't know, there, there have been some, some struggles with people accepting oh, yeah. the mustache in Birmingham. Um, Definitely but, have been there. Those mm, for sure. Yeah. But mm. the audience though, I've not had any issues out of the audience. It's always just the people doing the bookings. So mm. But I also think like what what Lily said makes a lot of sense too, like uh, about blazing your own trail. And I feel like you and I are kind of doing that ourselves here in Birmingham. Um, so I love it. All right. Well, where can our listener listeners find you and follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Lily Saint Queer. That's L I L I S T Queer. Now, before we let you go, we have our final signature podcast question to ask. Yes. I hope you're ready, Betty. If you could go back in time and put any historical figure in drag, Mm -hmm. who would it be and what would their drag name be? Okay. This is a tough question. It Um, is. (laughs) Because it's like both very open-ended, but also very specific. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I think... If I could put anyone into drag, I think I would put Flapjack into drag. What? <laughs> because you just, you look like you need help. Oh my God. <laughs> um. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had to. I couldn't come up with a real answer. So I just had to be <laughs> Coming out to my show. <laughs> That's my favorite so me. far. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I love it. She does need a little help. <laughs> no, I really just like couldn't come up with an answer. <laughs> it's I fully, fully a cop out. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a yoga recess moment. So is there anything that we have not had a chance to talk with you about that you just feel you'd be completely remiss if you didn't get the chance to share on flapping and plotting? Um, I feel like not enough people know that I'm a slut. <laughs> I just want to put that out there that I am very much uh, available yeah. to the world. Yeah. You didn't even mention your grinder profile username um, in your social handles. What's up with that? <laughs> you know, 
Uh, I prefer an old school cruising, if I'm honest. Grinders. Oh. Yeah. What about that new app, Sniffies? Uh, well, it's not an app. <laughs> website. But you can make it an app yeah, on your yes. If you have an iPhone, you can make it a little app. Oh, really? Oh. There's tricks around doing that. You can save it to your home screen. Oh. Vaughn has introduced me to so many wow. dating apps. I didn't even know. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is the pod, y'all. So thanks, everyone, for listening to Flapping and Falling. Thanks, Lily. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well. And pretty much any other social media platform at flapjquellen, F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at Flapping and Fawning Pod and on Twitter at flap and fawn pod oh and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch you can also connect with us via gmail at flapping and fawning pod at gmail.com see you next time bye Ta-ta.